Hello, my darling friends. My darling, darling, beautiful friends. How I am so happy to speak to you again is beyond me. And I really am. I don't just say that. Um, trying to get my levels right, my microphone positioned in a way that makes me happy, that pleases me. It's not working all that well. Uh, and I'm sorry I breathe into this thing a lot. Like that. I don't uh, go through the process and trouble of removing all of my breaths. I do take out most of my coughs and stuff because I do cough quite a lot. Right now I'll probably cough more because I am smoking a cigar while I'm talking. So, yay for me. Or bully for me, as they say across the pond. Bully for you, old chap. I don't know. I don't know if they say that like that. I say it. So let it be written. So let it be done. It seems like my audio level is super low unless I put my mouth right on this fucking microphone. Weird. So this episode, I'm recording well in advance of when it's actually coming out. It is currently 4th, which means in a week from today, it'll be Halloween. Halloween! I used to get really excited about Halloween. I used to try and go do stuff. I would make events out of the month. I would go to haunted houses with my friends, uh, parties, uh, the clubs, if they were out and about doing stuff. Some of my younger friends, you know, they'd want to go out to the to the nightclubs for the Halloween. Like, Halloween was one I've been to a couple times, and it's a good time. Not as cool as I thought it would be, you know, based on the advertisements, but not bad. It used to be my favorite time to go out and do anything. Um, I just, uh, I, I like it. Obviously, when we would go out to the clubs and stuff... It was always nice to see the girls dressed in their slutty Halloween costumes. Like, occasionally there'd be legit, really, really good costumes, and but most of the time the girls just go for the slutty this or that, and that's fine. I appreciate them. I appreciate their efforts, because God knows I couldn't pull it off, so bully to them. So as I mentioned, um, my friends, Jamie and Chris and I, we did recently the Telluride uh, Horror Show, which is a horror film festival, independent horror film festival takes place in Telluride, Colorado. Prior to that, uh, Chris and I, I only joined Chris, he, he did it himself, but I joined him this time. He did the um, Nightstream Film Festival, which is a streaming film festival, started last year as a conglomeration between several film festivals that had to cancel the in-person stuff because of COVID. Well, they had it again this year because those same festivals, again, had to cancel because of COVID reasons, or maybe they just couldn't secure... They either couldn't secure the in-person stuff or with everything being as it is in flux, didn't want to risk it, which is fair. So he bought the Nightstream uh, stuff again, tens, 10 movies, I think, 10 films, and uh, said, hey, come over. And I said, sure. I've been on vacation these last two weeks. And so we started it off with uh, the Nightstream stuff, and he had already picked out what we were going to watch. There was 10 movies we had until like the 14th or something to watch all of them. I don't care if I see all of them or not generally. So I tell him, hey, you know, feel free to watch without me and I'll just come over as I can because I did have a lot of stuff to do recording studio stuff. I thought I was done. Wasn't quite done. Uh, mostly done, but whatever. I'm done now, finally. But, you know, I do have stuff to do and uh, we ended up doing all of them together and I will read off the names of everything we saw. And then I will tell you which of those, um, if you're a horror film person, which of those are applicable and which were actually good. 
Um, I won't go into details about all of them. No spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I will say that this uh, night stream this year compared to last year was terrible. Last year had a lot of good, good stuff. And maybe they just didn't have the options that uh, because of last year. Maybe they, maybe there's not a lot of stuff that was made last year. I know a lot of stuff that was supposed to be released last year just didn't come out because they still want to put it in theaters. And maybe there wasn't stuff being made because of COVID. So that's a possibility. Maybe that's why what we saw overall was uh, not uh, not impressive in any way, shape, or form for the most part. So before I continue, let me pull up my handy list because I actually... For once in my life, prepared for an episode. Sort of. So this is just the list of the movies that we saw at the night stream. Uh, we saw a movie called To the Moon. I don't remember what these are about. So if you want to know more about night stream, just Google night stream. And you can see the list of the movies. These are just the features that we saw. So we saw one called To the Moon. Name above title. So To the Moon. Name above title. Stanleyville. Uh, still was interesting. Um, kind of liked that one. It was very weird. Started off slow, uh, and then got crazy. I'm still not sure what happened. Not real. None of these are really horror movies for the most part. There's some eh, horror things. Most of them are dramas. Uh, Stanleyville is kind of a dark comedy, in my opinion. Uh, Stanleyville worth a watch. It was interesting. Cosmic Dawn. We're all going to the World's Fair. That one got a lot of. Uh, Pretty rave reviews from people. I hated it, personally. It had some stuff that I did like, but I'll never watch it again. King Car out of Brazil. It was, very, it was kind of like a technology sci-fi-ish. Sci-fi drama. Eh, horror adjacent. It was okay. It was in uh, Portuguese, which is nice. I like movies in Portuguese because I think the Brazilian Portuguese is a very beautiful language to listen to. It's musical. Um traditional European Portuguese is also beautiful, but doesn't sound quite as musical as Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, so if something is in Portuguese uh, and it's from Brazil, I'm very much more inclined to listen to it that way and read the subtitles than I am if it's from Portugal and it's in Portuguese. So just a fun fact. Agnes. Agnes, uh, Agnes I didn't like. It started off strong about a possessed nun and then uh, changed course in the middle, and I'm still not sure. I didn't like it. Um, it just didn't do it for me. Poser. Poser was actually pretty cool because it tied into, like, underground local music. Not really even, like, heavy music of any kind, but just underground music. Um, and it was kind of, like, kind of had some single white vibes to it. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting movie. Um not horror. Again, most these are not horror movies. Um, one that I did actually like a lot was Shapeless, and that was the first one we saw. Shapeless is what it's called. Um, and that was horror in... It's like a psychological thriller type of movie. Definitely heavy on the psychological, and not necessarily like, uh, you know, like a total mindfuck, but like the main character struggles psychologically and is very obvious in it. And you get to pick whether or not, you know, it is what it is or if there's more to it. Um, the ending was kind of open. 
sometimes like I like that sometimes I don't this one I didn't mind uh you know like a choose your own adventure type of thing but shapeless shapeless is worth a watch that's my shapeless and poser out of all of those were the top two Stanleyville was okay the other ones I couldn't give a shit about now if you're into crazy weird movies um in French mostly Cosmic Dawn um that's like a I can't remember the name of the production company that made it but they specialize in LGBTQI um productions so they're very uh female fronted the whole crew blah 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 or you know non-gender whatever gender non-conforming whatever it's called but uh the story was weird as shit not gonna lie there were a plethora of boobs so if you're just looking for boobs cool and visually it had some interesting things but holy shit no just yeah yeah so nightstream was a pretty much pretty much a big letdown as far as I was concerned and like I said for these festivals uh, if you listen to my festival episodes before I don't do any of the scheduling or choosing of what we see I leave that entirely up to Chris and uh, that's because then I don't have anything to uh, you know prepare for and the letdown is less probably whereas if I had known what to expect with some of these movies and or at least had in a, my brain an idea of what to expect and then saw what we saw I would have been furious so yeah that was nightstream so nightstream was not so bueno and like last year we got to hang out in the basement and just chill talk about the movies which was good because when you watch movies that aren't very good and all you feel like doing is talking mad shit to your friend about one why you're watching such a shitty movie two why people would make such a shitty movie three what the fuck is actually going on it's nice to be able to do that as opposed to when you're in a theater with people who may be enjoying the movie. So that's the pro of doing that shit in the basement. So before into Telluride, I I will say I did go see Halloween Kills um with Chris just a couple days ago, Wednesday. Or I guess it was Thursday. Uh Halloween Kills, the follow up to the twenty eighteen Halloween remake or reboot. Not a remake, I guess, reboot which is a sequel to the original 1978 Halloween, um, or the original, original Halloween. I can never remember if it was 78 or 77 that it came out, but it that is technically the direct sequel to the first one, the first Halloween movie that was made. Halloween Kills is the sequel to It, not confusing at all. And I really hate when uh, movie makers decide that they need to go and fuck up all of the timelines and you have to forget about all of those other movies existing. It's... Uh, it's dumb looking at you Marvel and really any other cinematic universe that may exist though they never did that with like Friday the 13th actually they sort of did but they never did it with like Nightmare on Elm Street they had the Nightmare on Elm Street series and the Wes Craven's new Nightmare which is still part of that series and then they had a Nightmare on Elm Street remake which was terrible so whatever so Halloween Kills I wasn't sure what to expect. I know the kill count was going to be high, as it should be for the name being Halloween Kills. And holy moly, uh, no spoilers, but it um, the thing about the Rob Zombie Halloween movies that I really liked was the brutality. Uh, I think 
you know, in the original movies, you had a lot of the suspense. The kill count was not a big deal. Um, the violence was not overstated. Uh, it was very mostly simple violence. And then Rob Zombie comes around. And, you know, as the horror movies and horror genre progresses, you got to come up with new and creative ways to kill your victims in those. And sometimes you don't need to be all that creative. It just needs to be violent. And the brutality of the Rob Zombie Halloweens was what I liked about them. Um, I liked, you know, Taylor Maine, who played uh, Michael in Rob Zombie's Halloweens, is like 6'8". He's a big motherfucker. And having him, you know, thrash people was fantastic. I have no idea how tall the guy in the new Halloween movies are or is. Um, he's he's a not a short guy. I know the original Michael Myers, the guy the guys who stood in the suit for the as the shape for the originals, they were average height. They were nothing nothing big, you know, they weren't super stocky built or they were average and not imposing figures, which was what part of what makes Michael in the originals in my opinion, much more menacing is that just an average build guy, not a terribly big, imposing figure. Whereas you look at like, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees through the years, especially like when Kane Hodder took over, Kane Hodder is a big motherfucker, not crazy ass tall, but he's a big guy, you know, stunt man, big dude. And then when he got replaced in Freddy versus Jason, I can't remember the guy who played him, but that's a big tall guy too. He's like six, eight, six, seven, six, eight, something like that. So having a big super huge imposing figure um in my brain i expect a high level of violence and with the new halloweens um he was a imposing size but not huge he wasn't wasn't abnormally tall um wasn't abnormally you know stocky built or anything like that but he was a bigger dude and the violence that came out of him in the movie I think was just really, really good, really well done. The Rob Zombie movies, I mean, the violence was top-notch, top-level. The rest of the movies, maybe not so much. I liked the first Halloween movie, the second Halloween movie. Eh. It was good until the ending, the last half of it, when it took a little metaphysical turn. And that's where I figured Rob shouldn't have gone that direction, but whatever. But Halloween Kills. There were some um, really poignant parts of the story as to mob mentality and the dangers of mob mentality, which given the current climate over the last couple of years, just in social justice warriors and, and I don't say that disparagingly in case you're a social justice warrior, which I think everybody should be a social justice warrior to some extent. Um, but they had some stuff in there about mob mentalities and, you know, how that can go very badly, very fast. And I thought that was really well done. As obnoxious as it may have been to me at the time, when it was all said and done, I was like, oh, that was actually a uh, spot on uh, storytelling of what actually happened. Time. They had some really good humor in it too, which I didn't expect. Um, surprisingly good humor. And uh, yeah, it was... It was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I don't know. I'm still keeping my, my expectations low for Halloween ends. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll tie tie the rest of it together. But uh, 
you know, how many times do we get to tell the same fucking story over and over and over and over and over again, even with the little changes? So I just keep my expectations low. But anyway, go see Halloween Kills. It's worth it. It did really, really well at the box office. I think it's on Peacock TV. I don't know if they count that in the box office numbers. Um, Peacock, the app, I don't have that. But um, yeah, go see it in the theater. If you don't want to venture out, that's cool. I get it. Peacock is where it's at. I recommend it. It's worth a watch at least, especially if you're into violence because it has no shortage of that. That's for sure. And one last thing before I uh, take a break and then get into the Telluride thing. Um, my buddy Dale, Dale Strom, he's a musician. Known him for uh, 20-ish years, maybe a little longer. He was a guitar player in a band called Bleeding Faith here in Colorado back in the day, the late 90s, early mid-2000s. I don't even know when the last record they put out was, um, but he he's a good guy. Uh, he got into recording, writing and recording a synthwave project, and I don't know how long ago he started working on it, but he just finished it up and put it out uh, just a couple weeks ago. It's on YouTube. It's called Scream FM. Scream FM, like a radio station, and it's a full synthwave album um kind of like gunship no vocals um and it's all it's got a whole um story theme to the album but he did everything for it minus a little bit of uh, assistance from a couple friends um Wacy john who's a killer vocalist i have no idea if he's in any projects these days i haven't talked to that guy in a very long time but um that guy was uh that guy could sing his ass off um Jason Smith, also from Bleeding Faith, known him a long time too, and he had me actually do a guest spot as a uh, voice actor for the part of like a security guard trying to stop somebody from stealing, and you know, he gave me some lines to record, I recorded it and sent it off to him, uh, it's been a couple months now I think, um, I had no idea how it was all going to come together, I was really, really looking forward to it, and he put that out, and it's actually very, very good. Um, Worth a listen. It's cool. It flows very well, very nicely. And in the description of the YouTube video, um, the video itself is nothing. It's just like the artwork for if he puts it out on an album or whatever. Looks, you know, typical synthwave fluorescent colors and whatever. But I recommend you go check it out. Scream FM on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and Scream FM search and you'll see it. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's working on other projects that's going to go on there for it. Um, but it's, it's pretty badass. I dig it a lot and I'm not saying it just cause I know him. Um, I've only started a little bit getting into some synth wave stuff and it's, it's, uh, even for not having any vocals and just occasional like sound bites of spoken word stuff here and there, it's really, really good. I dig it. It's takes you back. It's like listening to a soundtrack of an eighties movie. It's that's how I felt about listening to it, at least. And I've seen comments from other people that say similar things. So go check him out. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know if he's putting it out uh, anywhere else yet for, like, iTunes or Spotify or whatever. He should. He should. But I don't know if he is. So right now it's just on YouTube. Check it out. Scream FM. And if you leave a comment, say that uh, Death Metal Disco Podcast sent you. You know. The reach around as it may be. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and come back and then I'll regale you with stories of Telluride Horror Show. 
All right, welcome back to the Death Metal Disco Podcast. I'm your host, Big Daddy. Or James, you can call me James too if you want to, I guess it's fine. Uh, so the Telluride Horror Show. Um, this would be the fifth year that uh, me and Chris have attended, the fourth year for Jamie, if you count last year where we attended from the basement. Um, this year it was in person. Uh, had to provide proof of vaccination or get a rapid test there, negative test, hopefully. Um, whatever, it is what it is. And you had to wear your mask the whole time you were in the theater, unless you were eating, uh, which is dumb, but, you know, again, I'd much rather go to the damn festival and wear the mask than, you know, do it from the basement. There's something to be said about going to in person and being around people, that are of like minds and you get to hear some conversations you get to see plus you get to get the fuck out of town and that's nice i like that so anyway um we saw quite a few movies uh we got there thursday and they had a couple screenings on thursday that were not uh i mean they're part of the festival but they're not small independent movies or anything one of them is but uh the first one we saw was starship troopers and you might remember starship troopers from the 90s Terrible, terrible fucking movie, but it was an intentionally terrible movie, um, and it's entertaining how bad it is. I haven't watched it since probably the first or second time I saw it when it first came out, and the second time I saw it, I remember not wanting to see it, but somebody else wanted to watch it, so we watched it. This time, you know, I wasn't so opposed to it. It's been so long. Mostly, I was just excited to laugh at how intentionally bad it was made to be because it is technically a satire a spoof of you know space and war and some of the shit that they say in the commentary if you've never seen starship troopers watch it because if nothing else you get a good laugh it's just so terrible the fact they made sequels to it blows my mind but whatever then we saw your next and i fucking love your next um just a great entertaining movie the humor is amazing the violence is awesome uh, I, I can't love your next enough. One of my, eh, it's, it's up there. It's in my top 10 probably of, uh, favorite horror movies. Not, it's definitely my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, I don't know if you can call it a slasher. I don't know what exactly it fits into, but so that was uh Thursday. We saw quite a few movies and, um, we did for the first time the pig roast, we tried to do it the last time we were there, the year before last, and it was just crazy busy, so we ended up bailing because Sophie took over, but the pig roast was actually a really good time. It's included for pass holders. I think kind of anybody in the town can show up, but, uh, you know, they have uh, pork butt sandwiches, pulled pork sandwiches, and shit, that was the bomb. That is fucking fantastic at Oak. Uh, that place was, those sandwiches were amazing. We got done eating, and I really wanted another one, but... I didn't try to go ask because they were they were big sandwiches and I was not exactly hungry. I just wanted another one. So that was a good time. So let me go through these movies and talk about the ones that I actually liked. Uh, I will start with um, uh, for once we actually sat through a shorts block. We usually don't do any of the shorts blocks, but we did this time uh, due to the scheduling and it was for the dark humor. So the comedy shorts block, which if you're going to see the shorts, the comedy shorts are almost always a good time. They, you know, they're usually six to eight short films and they're really well done. 
and they're funny as fuck. And I don't remember all of them that we saw. The best one that was in there was uh, called Every Time We Meet for Ice Cream, Your Whole Fucking Face Explodes. And, uh, yep, that pretty much summarizes the movie. It was, it was funny as shit. Super weird, super original, uh, funny as hell, though. So I like the shorts. There was one called uh, Let the Wrong One In, and that's it's supposed to be a spoof-ish of Let the Right One In, B-E-N, a vampire movie. And I don't remember what country Let the Wrong One In, or sorry, Let the Right One In was from. I want to say it was like Sweden or Norway, Finland maybe, um, vampire movie. And those were good. That was a really good movie. The Let the Wrong One In is a comedy version from the writer-director of a movie called Stitches, which is about a clown. And that movie was fucking hilarious, gory as shit, from Scotland. So that somehow made it better. This one was pretty funny too. Had its moments for sure. Not as funny as Stitches. Um, I think Stitches set the bar pretty high. But Let the Wrong One In was very entertaining. We saw one called The Medium. And I'm drawing a blank now where that one was from. Um, I have seen it before. I don't know where. And that's the thing that I could not figure out. Uh, Chris asked me, he's like, are you sure you're not just having deja vu? I've never had deja vu about an entire movie. I knew everything that was happening in the movie. The only thing I did not know was like the last 10 minutes or so. So meaning I didn't see it, which leads me to believe that I must have watched it while I was at practice because when I'm at band practice, we watch Pluto TV and we had Pluto Horror or Pluto Terror on. And usually they show movies that are out already, but I, I swear to God, I've seen that whole movie. And I really don't, I think it was a Thailand movie. It's like a a Korean produced movie that takes place in Thailand. Um, so it's all in Thai. And they had some, they called it a different uh, island tribe or something that they that they uh, belong to. It's a documentary type film. Um, that one was pretty good. I like that one. Worth a watch. So the medium about how a uh, shaman is possessed by that village's kind of uh, god. So in Thailand... They, they have gods for a bunch of different things, and this particular village's god would possess their shaman, and they'd have healing powers, and blah, 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 blah. We saw a couple. We saw one called Off Season, and I don't remember what exactly that one was about. It was okay. It was kind of boring, as I recall. Um, it was kind of about... Oh, yeah, it was about... Uh, the off season on like the Florida Keys or something, and the island is kind of possessed. The people of the island, uh, whatever. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It was, eh. eh. I didn't really care about it. It didn't. It was. I didn't hate it though. So, Exorcism of God had potential to be very very cool. Um, it wasn't. wasn't terrible. It was. Uh, had its moments. Very predictable. Very, very predictable. Typical exorcism movie, though. Um, had, a, had a few good jump scares. I'll give it that. Some of the jump scares it had were pretty on point. The Spine of Night was an animated movie, much in the vein of uh, heavy metal from the 80s, except not as good a soundtrack, nor a story. Um, it was a anthology, like four or five stories within it, all animated. And there, there was one section of the third or fourth one. It was the second to last story. I can't remember. Um, that one was actually pretty cool, just the animation of it. I'm not a huge fan of watching animated 
um, animated movies anyway, especially like the old, you know, cartoon animation movies. Uh, I don't mind them, but when they're stories that are like serious, this is, you know, a, uh, this wasn't really a horror story so much as it was like a, uh, almost Game of Thrones-ish mythological type of thing. It had some crazy violence in it, which is probably why it went in as a horror movie, but um, it wasn't bad. It had a huge cast, though. Like, I recognized some of the voices, and then when they rolled the credits, um, it had What's-Her-Face from Xena, Warrior Princess. It had a very large cast. I was surprised by that. Uh, but yeah, it was okay. It was, eh, it was all right. There was one called Hellbender, which had potential, and it's made by a family. They call themselves the Adams Family because their last name is Adams, not to be confused with the Adams Family. Um, yeah, and we saw something of theirs the year before last. It was called The Deeper You Dig, and I'm meaning to go back and look it back up because I don't remember if I liked it. I think I did, except for, you know, this family makes it. It's a husband, wife, and their daughter. Their daughter's a teenager. I'm not sure how old she is, but they do a really good job with the visuals. Like, their cinematography is really, really, really on point. The editing is really on point. They do they do a really good job of making the movie. It's the acting that kills it for me. Um, they're not terrible actors. They're just not great in my opinion, but for a family thing, and they do this uh, for fun, and they even said they did this in the middle of last year's lockdown, they drove around in an RV and made their movie, um, it wasn't bad, they have some things where uh, a daughter, and I want to say they had this in that other movie too, where they're in a band, and the daughter plays the drums, and the mom plays bass and sings, and they had like three or four clips of them doing songs in this movie, and Aside from the fact I hate the music that they were making, it was like a really lame version of the White Stripes. The visuals they did for their little band practice stuff were actually really good. But, I mean, some of the cinematography stuff they had was fantastic for this movie. But I just couldn't... And the story itself was not bad. The story itself was actually pretty pretty decent. Um, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. I'll give it that. We saw one called Broadcast Signal Intrusion, and this was more like a mystery movie. Um, I'm still not sure. It's more of a sci-fi type of thing. I didn't hate it. It was very, it was clever. I liked, I liked that aspect of it. Not really a horror movie. I could take it or leave it. Broadcast Signal Intrusion. It had some really good stuff in it, but it wasn't, it was far from my favorite. Uh, we saw one called Mad God. So... Anybody who pays attention to people who work on movies that are involved in, like, the special effects or if, uh, like, even Starship Troopers, they did the digital special effects for all the bugs. Um, Phil Tippett's is a guy, he's an animator, um, owned a studio for, like, claymation, stop motion stuff, and then moved over to the digital world for digital animation, um, passed away... I don't remember exactly when it is, but this is why they showed Starship Troopers. But they also showed something he's been working on for roughly 40 years. And it's called Mad God. And Mad God is almost entirely stop-motion claymation. And it's uh, bananas, to say the least. I missed the last 
five to ten minutes of it. I had to had, had to go to the bathroom so bad. Tried to be quick about it, but by the time I got out, the movie was over. So I missed the ending. I have no idea what actually happened. Um, the movie itself, as confusing it was for what was going on as far as like trying to figure out the plot entirely, and I'm sure seeing the last ten minutes probably would have helped. Um, visually, very, very cool. The fact it's all stop-motion claymation, mind-blowingly cool. All of the characters and everything that is in it, Phil Tippett's and his team at his studio did in like their spare time to make this thing happen. And when you think about the levels of creativity and patience and just the fucking sheer amount of time it took to do what they did for that movie, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And if you go to IMDb and just put in Phil Tippett's name, you'll see the number, the sheer number of movies the guy has worked on. It's fucking unbelievable, the, the stuff that guy's done. Um, but Mad God, I'm going to have to watch at least the last half hour again, see if I could piece it all together. Uh, but if you're into um, any kind of animation at all, whether it's uh, claymation or you know digital animation or old school pen and paper, paintbrushes animation uh i highly recommend it because the the technical prowess on that fucking film was top notch top fucking notch it i mean it was just really even little things like eye movement they they did not skimp on any details it was it was so so interesting and so hard to believe that they could do what they did with it so mad god um, as much as I didn't understand what the fuck I was watching, uh, it was very, very cool. So now we'll get into my favorites. Um, my favorites. Let's go with uh, Black Friday. Black Friday is a horror comedy of sorts, and it's got um, it's got Bruce Campbell in it. He is surprisingly not the main character, but his character is awesome. And it's got, uh, totally forgot the fucker's name now, from Idle Hands. What the fuck is his name? Totally drew a blank on his name. And I feel badly about it. Devin Sawa, that's his name. I thought he'd been dead for this whole time, but apparently he's been alive and has been working out. And even though he's like a year or two older than me, maybe, he sounds older than me. He looks, he's in good shape. I was surprised to see that he was in a movie. I was surprised he was alive, honestly, but um, Black Friday, it's about Black Friday shopping, and it gets fucking crazy, and it's funny, it's very entertaining, and it uh, gets a little sci-fi aspect in there. Um, the The violence was great, the humor was really great, Bruce Campbell was fucking awesome. Um, it, was, it was a good movie, I enjoyed that, it was very entertaining, it was a good time. After that, I'm gonna say... Uh, when the Screaming Starts. When the Screaming Starts is fucking hysterical. It is on par with uh, what we do in the shadows. It's a documentary, sort of. Not a mockumentary even, but it's made to be like a documentary um, of a guy who wants to be a serial, a serial killer. And this film crew is like a award-winning documentary maker comes in and they're like yeah hey, we'll do this documentary on you and it's they're making a documentary about what it's like to be a serial killer for a guy who has not killed anybody but wants to become a serial killer and wants to commit it so that's how it starts off 
and it takes place in the UK. So it's, you know, British humor abounds and they, it was so well done. So very fucking well done. Um, I highly, 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 highly recommend if you're a, if you're a horror comedy person or even a mockumentary person, you watch when the screaming starts. It is, it is such a fun movie. Um, surprisingly, surprisingly pulls off the lightheartedness along with the seriousness that it takes to be, you know, a violent horror movie. Cause it is, it's, it lives up to the horror part of the horror comedy, um, in all the best ways. And the comedy is, they did not do a really, really good job. The, uh, lead actor, can't remember his name now, but he was actually there at Telluride. Uh, he seemed pretty cool. Talked to him very, very briefly, but. So as far as movies that are actually, you know, the small independent horror movies that were showing at the Telluride Horror Show, um, it's a tie for my favorite between When the Screaming Starts, which I just talked about, and The Feast. And The Feast was actually the first movie we saw on Friday. And it was from, well, not Ireland. No, it's from Wales. So it was cool in its own right because they spoke the native Welsh language in it, which I I don't think before. Um, and it's kind of like Gaelic, Irish sounding in nature a little bit. It sounds a little like those in German. It's a weird, it's an interesting language. I like listening to languages and that's, that's a language that I'm probably going to have to look into more. Um, it was very visually well done. The cinematography was really, really good. It was slow. I'll give it that. It was it was really really slow to get going, and you weren't sure what um, what was actually transpiring. But when shit hit the fan in that movie, and it did, um, it was top notch. Like it was, it was really 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 dark, and I liked it a lot. I'm still not entirely sure how to interpret the way the way everything happened. Um, and I don't want to say too much because I think it'll, uh, I think it'll give too much away. Um, but I like that one a lot. So for me, it's a tie between those two and then also the sadness. And actually it's not a tie between those two and the sadness. Those two tie for second. The sadness, however, the sadness takes the cake for me. The sadness, um, it's from Taiwan, I believe Taiwan or Hong Kong and my god that movie that movie was insane um asian horror movies just like most asian dramas do a really good job of build up and development and this one also did but it didn't take as long so like if you ever watch a you know a traditional samurai movie there's a lot of drama leading up to you know the last half hour or so where the battle happens and but there's a ton of drama before that this one had build-up but it was a lot more rapid and technically I guess if you want to you can call the sadness a zombie movie it's not really a zombie movie it's kind of like um it's kind of a zombie movie but more like 28 days later like a sickness and it takes place during an already occurring pandemic so you know that's cool um, but it's it's very interesting, and there, there are some things, at least uh, to me, were left open to interpretation, like what was the cause for the sickness, 
as in why are some people so rapidly becoming infected and why some are not. Um, it was interesting to interpret that. But just the sheer insanity. They even told us before the movie that uh, it pretty much has a trigger for everything. If you have any kind of trauma of any kind, um, the potential to be triggered by something in this movie is very high. So, I mean, they have, there's some, there's some rapiness in there. There's lots and lots and lots and lots of gore. Uh, the violence does not stop based on gender. Um, lots and lots of shit. It was fucking crazy. There's like a 10 minute scene on a subway train that is just pure insanity. And it is fucking crazy. They did a very good job with it. There's a, one of the main antagonists in the movie. I don't know his name. He he was one of the... He was normal, and then he was sick. And a phenomenal job of being a creepy... You can't really call them zombies because they're aware. Um, aware, they speak, they, they make threats, uh, but they're out of their minds. And it was... Uh, the sadness. The sadness tops my list for the entire festival. Um, see it. If you're into insane, insane movies and you don't, you're not going to be too off put by some of the triggers, uh, you know, I recommend it. The triggers are there, though. Just keep that in mind. Especially the rape triggers, the rape trunk. Uh, but I mean, the rape triggers were happening to. It, like living people process of dying and the dead it was men women it, every, everybody getting raped in here it was fucking crazy like it it was nuts it was nuts so the sadness i recommend it just hold on to your butts and then finally the last thing i will talk about was another movie we ended up seeing. We switched around our schedule. We weren't going to see it there originally. We switched it around and uh, ended up seeing Antlers. And Antlers gets a big theatrical release here at the end of this month, sometime this week, I'm guessing, like this Friday, uh, the 29th, I think. Um, produced by Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I thought he directed it. I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. I'd seen a little blurb about it watched anything um it's about the wendigo wendigo you know pacific northwest uh spirit that leads to cannibalism and various other things from the native americans uh very cool storyline um just in general i liked it i liked it a lot it was very intense i i liked that aspect of it i liked that they they did a good job developing um, the characters and just general suspense. And that was really nice. And, uh, I, it kept you guessing a little bit, not so much, but you, you know, you kind of know what you're getting into, but you also don't. And that's, that's what I liked. It was a really beautifully shot movie, beautifully shot movie in the Pacific Northwest. I'm sure they filmed it up there. Um, I've only been up there once, up to uh, Seattle, and this one took place in Oregon, I think, but 
it was it was beautiful. It was everything you would think Oregon, especially any time in like the winter months where it's probably rainy. That's kind of what I imagine it looked like. Um, in fact, I have been to Oregon and Washington in the, I guess it was the fall, but yeah, it was really, really well done, but I don't want to call it my favorite of the festival, because uh, technically it's getting a bigger release, so I kind of count that as its own category, whereas the sadness, the sadness was the shit. It was fucking insane, so, but Antlers was also great, so if you get to see Antlers in the theater, I think you should, um, if you get to see any of those movies, you should, most of them. So that's my that's my rundown of the Telluride Horror Film Festival. So I hope you guys all this episode will come out on Monday, the day after Halloween. So I hope you guys all have a good Halloween weekend. I have no plans right now to a little shindig before last, um, which normally I think would have been popping, but there's been drama in that family uh, that I won't get into here. And it was... It was still a really good time, all things considered, but, uh, you know, not the same. But I don't think I'm doing anything. I'm trying not to blow my money on all kinds of stupid shit for a change. And that's that's where I... So this wraps up uh, Season 1. This is the 26th episode of the Death Metal Disco Podcast. And I'm calling this the end of Season 1. I am going to... Uh, I have an outline prepared of what I want to do with season two going forward. So I'm hoping that by the end of November, I get, uh, get stuff going for season two and we'll see what's up with it. But right now that's where we are. I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you. Please give me feedback. You know where to find me on the socials. I'm on Twitter at death disco pod, Instagram, uh, death metal disco, uh, Facebook. If you know me, just message me, you know, the deal. You can even message me on the anchor.fm app. Um, I can even respond with a voice message in the episode, I guess. So I haven't done that, but if anybody wants to do that, I'm totally game. You know where to find me. I hope you all are doing well. I love you. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>